Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. KNRS News, sponsored by Toyota Dealers. I'm Abby Bunnell. It's 402. <clears throat> a hate crimes bill has passed a House committee today after emotional debate. The measure is strengthening current law with tougher penalties. Representative Angela Romero cited the case of two Latino men who were attacked at their local tire shop. A man went into a tire shop in my district and said he wanted to kill Mexicans. He beat some people. He beat someone so severely. We couldn't do anything under our law, and so it had to go to the U.S. Department of Justice. The suspect in that case has since been charged. The bill, sponsored by Senator Daniel Thatcher, now moving to the House. The committee passing it today by a vote of 8-2. to two. A woman recovering after being shot in the back and leg in Orem. Police say the woman was walking into her home near 800 South Shadowbrook Drive when she was targeted. Meanwhile, police say they're still looking for that suspect tonight. He was last seen wearing a motorcycle helmet. They continue to search for him. Snow is now falling along the Wasatch Front. Winter weather advisories are in effect. For much of the state, expect heavy snowfall in the mountains. Temperatures are expected to be colder Saturday. Utah's northern mountains could see up to 18 inches of new snow. Also, the drive home in places tonight could have whiteout conditions. Canaris News. You'll find it at the top and bottom of the hour anytime at KNRS.com. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. I was just about to uh, pull the lawnmower out of the storage shed and go get it serviced tomorrow. <laughs> And I'm thinking, ah, you probably could wait another week. I mean, I'd like to get it serviced. By the way, word of advice for those of you who have a lawnmower and you want to keep it in tip-top shape, you know, either service it yourself with an oil chain, sharpening the blades, or have someone do it. And I know a great company up there in Leighton that takes care of it. And I was thinking, I was going to pull it out tomorrow and go get it serviced. Not that I need it anytime soon but kind of get me in the mood for spring and then we got all this snow coming out <laughs> it just cracks me up how are you everybody welcome to the rod arquette show it is thank rod it's friday right here on utah's talk radio 105.9 knrs listen and you'll know and what a show we have lined up for you today we're going to talk about the beer bill well known Talk show host, columnist, author, Dennis Prager will join us a little bit later on in the show. He is speaking. He's the keynote speaker tomorrow night at the Utah uh, County Lincoln Day Republican Dinner. I'll have more details on that. But Dennis will join us a little bit later on. And Congressman Chris Stewart will also join us, our Listen Back Friday segments. So a lot to get to today. And as always, we invite you to be a part of the show. 888-5708010. or on your cell phone, you can dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, when I saw this story uh, come across just a short time ago, all I could think of is one of my favorite commercials on television. 
and it is the Geico insurance commercial where that stupid camel walks through the office space going, uh-oh, uh-oh, do you know what day it is? I mean, he just, it, he's, it, it's so absurd, I think it's kind of funny. I giggle every time I see it. <clears throat> and when I saw this story that came across just about an hour ago, I could just hear that stupid camel going, uh-oh, uh-oh, has she pushed it a little too far? And maybe she has. Now, of uh, everybody who's on the Democratic Party, who is the man who is lionized by Democrats like you wouldn't believe? He was here just a couple of days ago. Barack Obama. I mean, he is, without a doubt, the Democrat that every Democrat in this country loves, right? All right. He, he, you know, he's like untouchable. Oh, don't you dare make fun of Barack Obama. Well, along comes Alon Omar. Of course, she is the uh, newly elected congresswoman from the state of Minnesota, a Muslim from Somalia. So she's been going after about everybody. But today, in an, in an explosive interview with Political Magazine that will be out this weekend, she decided it was time to get after Barack Obama. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Here we go, folks. Here's what she said. She ripped Obama, apparently, in this interview today, belittling his, quote, pretty face, uh-oh, and saying his agenda of hope and change was nothing more than an illusion. And what do you mean by that? Well, she cited caging of kids at the Mexican border. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I thought Donald Trump was the only one who did that. Uh-oh, but we know that Barack Obama's administration did it as well and the droning of countries around the world on Obama's watch. And she argued, you ready for this? Uh-oh, uh-oh. She's saying he's not that much different from Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. Uh, we can't be only upset with Trump, the freshman told Political Magazine. His policies are bad, but many of the people who came before him are also really bad politics and policies. They just were more polished than he is so she's referring to barack obama remember everybody thought he's so smooth and who was it chris matthews said you know it gave him a, a tickle up his leg or something like that i mean for for uh barack obama she goes on to say and that's not we what we should be looking for anymore we don't want anybody to get away with murder because they are polished we want to recognize the actual policies that are left behind by the pretty face and the pretty smile. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> hey, he found it. E-Ray, play that again. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you got it, baby. I mean, she is, I mean, now, Barack Obama is the king of the Democratic Party. Wherever he goes, he gets standing applause. He did so the other day here in Salt Lake. But here we go. Uh, now, Ilan Omar is going after Barack Obama. Now. Uh-oh. Thank you. <laughs> Now, let's go. Uh, the other one who's attracting a lot of attention, of course, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the newly elected congressman from congresswoman from uh, Brooklyn, New York. And she certainly is getting all kinds of media attention. And, of course, the Republicans are having a field day with her. But let me tell you what, folks. Be careful. Uh, there's something about Ocasio-Cortez, AOC as she's called, that people are paying attention to. And I can't believe it. 
You know, someone the other day, I can't remember the phrase, but basically called called Cortez, and this was from Greenpeace, which was an environmental group, and she, of course, has put forth the new Green Deal. But he called her an uneducated twit. <laughs> That's what he called OAC. But uh, yesterday on CNN's Morning News, Allison Camerato asked a panel of six Democratic voters for their thoughts on the Democratic Socialist. Listen to how they responded. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, your thoughts. She's a badass. Man. Oh, my God. Yes. Yay. I love yes. her. Wow. What I mean, a woman. Amazing. And Again. Yes. I mean, she's asking the right questions. She, I don't feel like she's playing games. I'm so excited about her. She is smart. She is intelligent. And I cannot wait to see what else she does. Well, I know she's got the Democratic Party nervous. And I mean, in a way, they should be nervous. Because, you know, she does represent the new new guard, the new generation. I think she really kind of personifies, you know, where we expected things to go. She is the candidate of the future. She has got this Mm. down pat. And she has also nailed it. And as a woman in a male-dominated field, this is how we women in the male-dominated fields we have to work like this all the time. She is the candidate of the future. She get ready for her because she's coming. I ju- I just can't get that camel out of my head. Uh oh, uh oh, here we go again. But you have Democratic voters now saying Ocasio Cortez is the future of the Democratic Party. They love her. She's stirring up things. Despite the fact that there are some people on the Democratic Party who've called her an unintelligible twit. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, thank you. Amen to that. I tell you what, folks. And let me, you know, as, as people like myself and Rush and other conservative talk show hosts around the country and politicians attempt to demonize this woman, look out. She's got a future in the Democratic Party, and you better be aware of it. All right, a lot to get to today. Coming up next, we hopefully will be talking about the beer bill and the controversy it has generated here in the state of Utah. But we're doing something unique today on Center Stage. We've never done before this before, but we're kind of holding a fundraising activity because we want to help Operation Underground Railroad. I think many of you are aware of that, the wonderful work that Tim Ballard is doing right now. And joining us on Center Stage today is Wayne and Annie Aston. They've decided to get involved in this to raise money for OUR. They're from Sage Creek, Moab, a wonderful development down there in Moab. And Wayne and Annie, I want to welcome both of you to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Rod. Happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Tell us about, first of all, Sage Creek, Moab, because people need to be aware of this. Uh, Wayne, what have you got going on down there in Moab? Well, we're under construction currently uh, and and nearing completion uh, with a pool and pool house and the first uh, condominiums of the development. Uh, but it's uh, the premier resort destination in Moab. There's 108 uh, premium condominiums, and we're really excited about, you know, the four years that it's taken to get to this point mm-hmm. and, and getting close to being done. Now, that development down there is not going to ruin the beauty of Moab, is it, Annie? Are you guaranteeing that? Oh, guaranteed, yeah. <laughs> Moab's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so many things to do, you know, with the family, hiking, biking, rafting, uh, you name it. I All mean, right. great places to eat. It's just wonderful. Now, you have launched a new effort called the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert, Wayne. What is this all about? So the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert is a mechanism that Annie and I have organized to basically uh, capitalize on, you know, the resort in Moab and the timing of this where, uh, you know, we're having a giveaway. You know, we're giving away a Jeep Moab, and we're doing this over the Easter Jeep Safari in April. Uh, to incentivize donations in support of Operation Underground Railroad. And Operation Underground Railroad, Andy, I know you're, you're a mom. 
you, you hear these stories, it, it's just heartbreaking, aren't they? Absolutely. Yep, we've got five children of our own. And, um, you know, being aware and knowing that this problem exists, I just don't know how we cannot do something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How, I don't think people understand how widespread of a problem this is, not only in Utah, but really around the world, isn't it, Wayne? It's crazy, Rod, because, you know, our eyes were open to the fact that there's over 2 million children being held mm. in captivity mm. as we speak. So right now, around the world, over 2 million kids. And, you know, initially we thought, well, you, know, you might suspect that in Thailand or Haiti or Colombia or some of these other third world countries. But, you know, we've seen the news headlines here in the last month, at least five in the last month, of right here in Utah, right here in Washington State, Florida, I mean, California. This is happening Right in our backyards. Yeah. And this is a real opportunity, Annie, for people who think, well, making a donation, I've got to make a large donation. You really don't have to, do you? No, you don't. I mean, every donation counts. I mean, as little as $5 or as much as you're able to. But if you... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can't donate? Um, you know, get involved with your time, um, you know, your resources, energy, anything you can do to help this cause. All right. But, yeah, as little as $5. It's really helpful. And Wayne and Annie will be with us throughout the day on Center Stage. Now, if you'd like to make a donation, and, and like Annie just said, $5, $10, it doesn't matter. It helps the cause. Tim Ballard has undertaken this worldwide effort, and he has really put his heart and soul into it. And, and Wayne and Annie and their organization are trying to help him out. So if you'd like to make a donation, just dial pound 250 on your cell phone, pound 250 on your cell phone, and say donations, and you can help them with a Sage Crete Drive in the desert. All right, here's Abby with a news update. Abby? Thanks, Rod. I hate package deliveries. Visit blinkprotect.com slash watch. Blinkprotect.com slash watch. Rod Arkencho with you on this uh, Friday. Thank Rod, it's Friday on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know we're doing something different today on our center stages. We're help raising some money for Operation Underground Railroad. That's Tim Ballard's organization with Wayne and Annie Aston. They're with the uh, Sage Creek Moab development down there in Moab. It's a beautiful new development. And uh, they're looking for donations. They're calling it the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. And if you'd like to donate, you'll have to donate a lot of money, 5 10 bucks. If you've got it to spare, dial pound 250 and uh, just say donations, and that'll help direct money toward the uh, Sage Creek Drive in the desert. All right, Utah lawmakers, they're down to the final week, of course, of uh, this 2019 session. One of the more interesting bills has been the bill about beer and the effort on the part of State Senator Jerry Stevenson to raise the alcohol content in beer from 3.8 to or 3.2 to 4.8 because distributors are no longer making the 3.2 beer. That's the claim of some people. Others are calling it beer hysteria. And one of those is State Representative Timothy Hawks. He's joining us on our newsmaker line right now in the uh, Utah House. Uh, Tim, how are you? Welcome to the show. 
I'm good, thanks. Rod, it's great to be with you. Tim, let me ask you, do you think there is some beer hysteria taking place out there? Beer hysteria. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there is a little bit of hysteria going on. How so? Well, I just think that there's a, this perception that there's somehow a crisis of consumer choice, basically, that beer drinking public, they're just not getting access to the products they're used to. And I just, I don't see any evidence of that. I really haven't heard any credible evidence of that. So I invite people to go down to their local grocery store or convenience store and see for themselves if okay. they see a crisis in uh, available product. Now, um, uh, Jerry Stevenson has, in his effort on the Senate side, has talked about this is more of a commerce or a business bill, not so much a moral bill. But you brought up some moral issues about it. Why did you take that angle, Tim? Well, I just don't think if you look at it solely as a business bill, I just don't think you get the full debate that you need on this issue. We are what's called a control state. That means we're concerned about, well, like all states, quite frankly, and all countries are concerned about the social impacts and economic costs associated with excessive drinking. Uh, And so uh, the whole reason that we're that is not because of the business side of, of selling alcohol. It's because of the social impact side of things. And I felt like in this in the Senate, the debate was really just about the economics, just about the business. And even there, I think the case is a little bit sketchy. But I wanted to make sure that when we got to the House side, that we had a full debate, understanding both the business impacts on the one hand and the social impacts on the other. What are some of the social impacts that concern you most about this change? Well, I mean, some of the obvious ones, I think, that come Mm -hmm. to mind, Mm -hmm. DUIs is a big one. And as many people know, your listeners probably know, we changed our law to be 0.05 BAC. And under the proposals that came over from the Senate, if you're just drinking just a standard 3.2 beer, it would take you maybe an adult man, it would take maybe three, uh, three drinks, three beers to get to that impaired state. And uh, if you're drinking a 4.8 beer, a heavier beer, it'll just take you two. So there is that kind of concern if people are drinking the same amount, but it has that much more alcohol in it, does that create problems? And I don't think we have good data to say one or the other, but it's certainly something that I think as policymakers and as a state, we should at least be asking the questions uh, and figuring it out before we just move precipitously uh, for one, from one number to another. Uh, Jerry uh, Stevenson, who we had on the show, felt this study is basically going to kill the bill. Is that the intent behind it, Tim? No, not at all. I think the study was just to answer the very types of questions that I raised. So what are the social impacts? What are the competitive impacts? And one of the interesting angles there is that our local brewers are doing very well in this kind of environment. They're thriving. Uh, and there are some of them that are nervous about the move because in other states that's actually hurt their ability to compete against manu- national manufacturers. So my question is just really what does it do? Um, what does it do to competition? What does it do to social impacts? You know, even the, just the financial impacts of moving that block of beer basically from the DABC, from the state liquor stores to the grocery stores and convenience stores mean that we would have almost $5 million less for uh, school lunches for alcohol abuse and prevention and for enforcement type things because that money currently goes to fund those 
you know, those priorities yeah, yeah. for the state. What about those small mom-and-pop grocery stores and the convenience stores scattered throughout the state, Tim? Some have expressed concern that if they don't have the type of beer or the variety of beers in the stores, uh, it could hurt their bottom line. Um, are you aware of that? Do you believe what they're saying? And if so, how do you help those people out? Well, I think the concern is a legitimate one, right? If that was truly happening and they were losing that revenue stream, that would be a problem. Um, the challenge, as I see it, is we really don't see any evidence of that. The stuff that they're used to getting is still available. They still have plenty of options, and we just really don't see the crisis that we're, that everyone is saying is coming. It's just not here. And I think there's a willingness really in that task force framework um, to look at the issue, and if we see a crisis, to address it. But where there's no crisis, it's a lot to ask us to move and a society to sort of basically embrace the social costs when there's no there's nothing to balance on the other side. There is no crisis. Well, there, Those but, mom and pops are doing fine. Yeah, but the, there's no crisis right now because the, the manufacturers, the beer brewers, the big companies are still making it. But eventually they may, exactly. they, they may stop. And if they stop, then is it a crisis, Tim? Well, I think that would, we, would wanna, that we would be concerned about that, right? Um, but they haven't done it. And as a matter of fact, I've had retailers say, you know, those national brewers, they will fight to maintain every inch of shelf space. The market is big enough and valuable enough to them that they want to supply product for this market. Is it a little more difficult? Do they have to deal with double packaging and different, you know, they have to tweak their their batch recipes a little bit? Yeah, but they've shown so far a willingness to do it. And the only thing we've seen canceled are kind of underperforming products, either weird ones that people aren't drinking or a packaging size that's unusual, an eight-pack of something or other. All right. Tim, I've got to ask you a final question because this comes up occasionally. You may have heard this as well. Uh, people who do drink and drink beer here in the state of Utah are sometimes concerned sure. about, wait a minute, you've got lawmakers. Many of them are members of the LDS Church. Many of them may have never had a beer before. So is it fair for them to legislate a beer issue when they don't, you know, they don't drink? I mean, is that fair, Tim? I think that's just a red herring. The reality is every state that you can go to has, quote-unquote, weird. Uh, you know, part of my presentation yesterday in House Caucus mm-hmm, was just mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm. some of the really just silly, ridiculous, funny, oddball liquor laws that are out there um, to point up that it, this is not a Mormon or a non-Mormon thing or even a drinker versus a non-drinker thing. Uh, Utah's law looks very much like Sweden and Norway, for example. They manage it very mm-hmm. much the okay. same way we do. So the point is, it, it has social impacts. That's why we manage it that way. We wouldn't be responsible as legislators if we didn't try to make policy in the right way and try to strike that balance. All right. Jerry says he's going to try and revive it on the House floor. Any chance of that happening, Tim, or do you think it's dead and it's well, going I, to study? I think it's unlikely. Well, they've got to agree if it goes to study. I think it's unlikely to be uh, revived in its original form. All right. Tim, but great. we'll see yeah. what happens. See what happens. Tim, I know you're down to the final week. Thanks for a few minutes of your time today. I know you guys are busy. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Rod. All right. That is uh, State Representative Tim Hawks. He is uh, one of the uh, House Republicans who's raised some questions about the beer bill, which would allow groceries, stores, and uh, convenience stores here in the state of Utah to sell beer, 4.8 beer instead of the 3.2 that is currently allowed in the state. When we come back, I've got some questions on this for you. 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, right now, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. Springtime. For emergencies, when you call today, we come today. One man, one goal. Yeah, 
Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right. Uh, is there beer hysteria taking place in the state of Utah? Of course, there has been stories surfacing in the last, what, year, year and a half, that as uh, states like Oklahoma have decided to uh, now allow grocery stores and convenience stores in the uh, Sooner State to sell beer with a higher alcohol content, 48 compared to the 3.2. And I think there are two states now that are selling the 3.2. I believe it is Kansas, maybe Minnesota. I may be wrong in that. And also the state of Utah. And State Senator Jerry Stevenson has said, look, uh, you know, we're going to hurt the grocery business, those small grocery stores and those convenience stores, if we don't allow a heavier content, alcohol content beer to be sold. Now, the bill he proposed passed the Senate, but ran into a roadblock in the House where lawmakers in the House are saying this is a moral issue that we have to deal with as well as a business issue. What say you? 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010. Let's go to Salt Lake City and talk with Devin. Devin, how are you? And welcome to the show. Uh, doing good, Rod. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm. my, uh, my point is uh, basically I, I think – we already have liquor available. Mm-hmm. So as far as a moral issue, I don't think that really holds much, much ground because if someone wants to, they can uh, consume more than they should, and they may just end up driving regardless. But I think it's the kind of same thing with uh, the legalization of marijuana ban, or marijuana. If you put this to a vote of the people, it would probably the people would probably say, hey, we don't care what content of alcohol we have. It's still the same standard. Don't consume it and then drive. But um, it's it's kind of it seems like it's kind of a legislator thing where they think they know what's best for us, and <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> instead of us knowing what's best for ourselves. And um, just another point, Rod, like the convention of states um, resolution that was passed. Uh-huh. Here, mm-hmm. It's a, it's another thing where more power to the people always helps us to reserve our rights and keep them to ourselves instead of uh, giving them over to the government. And I think that that's, that's basically a win for the people, something I'm excited about and something I wish they would do with this beer ban. All right, all right, Devin, thank you for your comments. Let's go to... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bluff Dale and talk with Garrett tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Hi, Derek. Garrett, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Rod. It's an honor to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to speak with you as well, Garrett. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, being one of the uh, members of the prominent religion in this state, <laughs> et cetera. Um, oh, gosh, I wonder what one that is. You know, these are my thoughts. Is I think that there are a lot of, you know, it gets knocked a lot. It gets knocked so much about uh, just as far as culture goes, as far as beliefs go. But I, I, just, I, I just feel especially like laws like this, um, I think that it is it is what gives our state the strength um, and attractiveness that people move here for in the first place. And and honestly, I, I have to I I have to ask, why are we talking about 
um, you know, uh, marijuana at all when it comes as, when it compared to, to alcohol. I mean, I think there's 10,000 people a year get killed by it, and that's not to mention the millions of households that are just that are just destroyed and decimated because of it. And by, honestly, by, by, I mean, I know Garrett, you mean by alcohol, right? Not by marijuana, but I mean, by, by alcohol. Al- by, no, 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 by alcohol. By I mean, alcohol, marijuana's okay. not great, but, I mean, alcohol causes, I mean, driving under the influence um, and and car accidents, and it also encourages, you know, you get a yeah. lot of guys that get violent because of yeah. it, and yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like... Have you ever had a drink in your life, Garrett? I, ne- I never have, never will, and uh, I, I don't think it's a good thing for society. I, I don't, and I don't... I. I believe, I'm very libertarian politically. I don't mm-hmm. want to tell you what to do with your life um, unless it affects mine. All right. All right, Garrett. Thank you. We appreciate your comments on that. All right. More of your calls coming up. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, and on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. We're doing something a little bit different. We've never done this on center stage today, but I'm very excited about it. We're talking about helping the Operation Underground Railroad. This is Tim Ballard's effort. He's been doing this now for a number of years when it comes to the uh, child sex trafficking. And the great folks at Sage Creek Moab, Wayne and Annie Aston, have joined in that effort and they're trying to convince you today to make a small donation to help tim out and they're part of our center stage today wayne and annie it's great to be with you this afternoon again let's talk about the uh wayne the sage creek drive in the desert what is this really all about wayne so rod this is just you know parents i'm a dad and and, you know annie and i have five kids and and uh, feel a duty as parents Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. step up and and join the fight you know that tim has started here uh one of the big myths that I'd really like to bust through here is how much it actually costs to rescue a child from the sex trafficking industry. And you'd be shocked to know it's only $2,500. Uh, so $5 and $10 means a lot to this. If you can get on and donate just these small amounts as a community, if we can get enough people to do this, we can really help save a lot of kids. Yeah, we can. Annie, you're a mom. You've got five children. When you hear these stories, I mean, what's your reaction to it? What's your heart telling you when you hear stories like this? Oh, my gosh, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to think of the suffering, the pain, um, you know, the anguish that these children are in and that, you know, as a human, that we can do something about it and and some aren't. Yeah. So And, and people don't realize how prevalent this is. You know, not only in the United States, but really, Tim has launched a global effort in this fight, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, global, and right here in the United States, it's happening. So it's happening here in Utah, and you know, so this really goes to support and help children worldwide. Uh, Wayne, why did Sage Creek, and you've got a wonderful development underway in Moab right now, but why did you decide to get involved? Well, as entrepreneurs and business people, we wanted to you know, establish a precedence for business owners and entrepreneurs to contribute back. You know, Mm -hmm. we're making good money at what we do. We love what we do. And we felt like if we could set some kind of an example here that, you know, we've got to be focused on bigger things. You know, business is business, but this is a this is a, a thing that really deserves some energy from all of us. And and we're looking for those donations of five, ten dollars. I mean, skip a lunch one day, folks, and make a donation. It's that easy, isn't it, Annie? Yeah, it is. Every little bit helps. Anything you can do as little or as large as you possibly can would be helpful. All right. It is called the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. They're looking for donations to help Operation Underground Railroad today. And if you'd like to make a donation, just get on your phone, your smartphone, dial pound 250 and say donations. That's pound 250, 
donations. All right, here's Abby again with the news update. Thanks, Ronald. Act to Jesse 777. That's 801-263-7777. Or visit universalmensclinic.com. All right, we'll check entertainment news with AJ here in just a minute, but I want to get back to the phones. Timothy has been waiting patiently in Murray as we talk about the uh, beer bill, a commerce issue or a moral issue. Timothy, thanks for joining us. What say you, Timothy? I, I think that the argument against the moral issue that a lot of non-drinkers don't understand is that High Point beer is already sold in the state, along with liquor and wine. The state is the only distributor, so they can charge whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And it's a money issue because they don't want to let go of the control because they're making all the money as being the distributor and the retail outlet. So the state would lose out if they allowed it down to uh, down to the grocery and convenience stores. Is that what you're saying, Tim? They would have competitors that could charge a different price, and then they could not determine what everything costs. Yeah. The same bottle of beer, the same bottle of alcohol in this state that costs 20 to $40 costs 5 to $10 in other states because there's not a monopoly of people can compete for price and yeah. compete for customers. All right, Timothy, good point. Make a very good point. All right, uh, we'll see where that goes. I don't think it's going to go anywhere in this session, and we'll see what uh, Jerry Stevenson has to do about it because he's the sponsor of the bill in the Senate. All right, time for entertainment news. Major Hollywood news. All right, let's check in with AJ on this Friday afternoon for an update on what's going on in the world of entertainment. Are you ready to go, my man? The yeah. weekend is here. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. We've yeah. got some good movies opening up. you got Captain Marvel rated PG-13. It's going to kill it. Yeah. Every, everybody, It'll every other movie is not even yeah. going to come close. It'll be huge. Uh, Gloria Bell, which stars Sean Astin, Julianne Moore, and John Turturro, mm. seems to be interesting. Rated R, parental discretion advised. <laughs> and The Kid, which is, um, it's all about Billy the Kid and, and the Sheriff Pat Garrett. And it stars Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, and a few others. And it looks pretty huh? I haven't good. seen that. Really? I haven't seen that. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, and on the subject of Chris Pratt, I mean, you can put him in anything and it'll sell. And you would think that, I bet on the movie set, he's probably got some input. Like, he's probably, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're consulting him mm -hmm. about scenes and stuff. Turns out Catherine Schwarzenegger hasn't asked him a thing about the wedding. <laughs> really? She's, she's like, uh, he, he basically said, she doesn't ask me anything. Oh, okay. She's not going to ask me anything. No. And quite frankly, if I'm the guy in that situation and I'm married to, or I'm getting married to, a Schwarzenegger with Kennedy connections and all that. So yeah, I, I, I just yeah. plan it because whatever I offer or want to do, <laughs> it's not going to be classy enough yeah, for you people. Yeah, yeah. Hey, a couple names in the news. Yeah. Jan Michael Vinson passed away. Yeah, I loved Airwolf. Airwolf star. Cool God, helicopter. I love that show. Cool helicopter, man. Yeah. That was cool. And Tom Seaver, great yeah. Mets picture. Uh, diagnosed with dementia, uh, his family says his public life is over. He will just stay close to the family. But uh, what a terrific guy Tom Terrific was. Tom Seaver. I have a Tom Seaver. I think I have one. My dad had a glove of his. Not a, not really? A glo not a glove that he used. Yeah, but, one but of a those, glove, yeah. One of the signature gloves that they sold in stores. And oh, that's cool. I think we still have it. So, it's, so that's a piece of history, of course. Yeah, that's so. cool. And he did some baseball analysts working one of the networks doing baseball. Yeah. I thought he did a terrific job there as well. He will be missed, man. Yeah, and I hate yeah. to say that about, you know, somebody who's not a cardinal, but yeah. he's a Met. <laughs> All right, man. Sorry, Get your dig in. Yeah, yeah. Opening day, not that far away. <laughs> All right. More coming up. Dennis Prager joins Can us next. Can you afford a lot? Solutions Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. 
on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. KNRS News, sponsored by Networth Advisory Group. I'm Abby Bonnell. It's 5.02. An avalanche in Provo Canyon now blocking westbound lanes at this hour. It happened near Bridal Veil Falls, three miles southeast of Provo. Eastbound lanes remain open, but westbound are closed. UDOT warning drivers to expect delays in that area. Meanwhile, the National Weather Service is issuing a winter weather advisory. You can expect a wintry drive home in northern Utah tonight. One to five inches could fall on the valley floor. Heavy snow is expected up in the mountains and is expected to taper off later on tonight. State citations facing the city of Sandy, the administrative order, sent from the Department of Environmental Quality to City Hall officials following a water contamination problem. It lists a failure to include in public notices the presence of too much fluoride in the water system and the health consequences connected to it, as directed by state regulators. The city now has five days to respond, 30 days if they attend to appeal. A hate crimes bill has passed a House committee earlier today after facing some lively debate. It passed by an 8-2 vote and now moves to the House. The measure increases penalties for hate crimes targeting people based on their race, religion and other categories. And Gene Pack, who was a midday radio host on public radio station KUER for 40 years, has died. Pack was a legend known for his love and knowledge of classical music in Utah. He was 86 years old. Kenneris News, you'll find it at the top and bottom of the app anytime at kenneris.com. All right, Abigail, I want you to be honest with all 28 listeners to the Rod Arquette Show. Oh, we've gone up. We, uh, no, I, I, well, I think we've held steady. We may be at 30 now. I thought it was 25, you told me, yeah, at last yeah, count. Yeah, well, 28, 25, you know, maybe <laughs> 30 someday. Now you're fudging. That's now fake I'm, news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, be honest. Whenever you sign... A somewhat important document. Okay. Yes. How often do you read the fine print? I mean, word for word for word. Well, if it's my contract here, every word. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be a credit card application no. or something like that. None Don't of us do, do it. right? Don't do it. Well, you probably should. It turns out that one person decided to read the fine print, right, on this agreement, this travel Uh-oh. insurance. She won $10,000. How? Yeah, well, the company, Square Mouth, that's an insurance company that provides uh, travel coverage, launched a contest last month that stated the first person to contact the company would win a $10,000 prize. The catch was that the contest announcement was buried in the fine print of the insurance agreement. Mm. So you had to read it carefully, and one woman did. Her name was Donalyn Andrews of Georgia. She read the contest on page 7 of the contract, and she won $10,000. Oh, she only had to go through... that's smart marketing? Incredible. And she only had to go through seven pages. <laughs> seven pages, that's right. For $10,000. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? Oh. Apparently, the company says it sold several hundred of these contracts, you know, with people, and nobody except this woman stepped up and said, I read the fine print. I'm calling you. I want my $10,000. You see, none of us do. <laughs> you know all those leaflets you get when your credit card arrives? Oh, yeah. And then never, you get yeah. updates. What do you do with yours? Throw them away. Go in the recycling bin. Right away. I don't even open the front cover. (laughs) It's a good way to do a contest, though. It is an excellent way, especially. And the prize was really quite generous. 10,000 bucks? That could go a long way. Probably pays for a vacation. 
more than that. Yeah, yeah. Loose spending money. Not bad. New car. New car. You're Second-hand right. Secondhand car. You're right. Just read the fine print. I'm going to read everything now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abby. Thank you. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod. It's Friday. We're going to get to your calls in a minute. But uh, coming up this weekend, as a matter of fact, uh, tomorrow night, the uh, Utah County Republican Party is holding a Lincoln Day dinner. And the guest speaker will be Dennis Prager. Now, many of you, I think, may know who Dennis Prager is. He is a well-known radio talk show host. He has uh, Prager University. He has written several books over the years, a weekly columnist. He's a great, great guy. And uh, he'll be speaking tomorrow night. Well, we had a chance to catch up with Dennis a little bit earlier today on our Newsmaker line. And I wanted to ask Dennis, as we began our conversation, about the absurdity of this hate crime resolution and the fact that I think it is a disgrace. And I asked Dennis if he agrees with it. An anti-Trumper at the New York Times, Brett Stephens, uh, wrote it best. He said, uh, what we're seeing is the uh, Jeremy Corbynization. Is that the Jeremy? uh, Yeah, Corbyn, yeah. The uh, anti-Semitic head of the Labor Party in the U.K. Uh, He's making uh, making anti-Semitism in Britain and specifically on the left uh, acceptable. And that is what uh, the uh, two Muslim uh, congresswomen uh, in the Democratic Party and their left-wing supporters are doing for the first time in American history. I mean, I'm a Jew, and I, uh, I taught the Jewish history at Brooklyn College and written a book on anti-Semitism. I have said all of my life that the luckiest Jews in Jewish history have lived in America. My father taught me that. And he felt that, and uh, I, I even had more reason to think it because there was more anti-Semitism when he was a child. But the left in the United States is making anti-Semitism kosher, and uh, that is what the Democratic Party is doing. Why Jews vote Democrat is an ode to the ability of human beings to make stupid choices. <laughs> Dennis, why aren't people within the Democratic Party saying something about this? Are they afraid of these people? I wrote a column. People can access it. I write a column every week, have for a quarter of a century. And I, I wrote, the greatest fear in the United States was once fear of the Lord, as they would put it, or fear of God. Today it is fear of the left. I mean that literally. There is more fear of the left than fear of God in the United States of America. And you've written about that, Dennis. Why does that exist? I mean, why are we so afraid? Why... Why are we afraid to stand up and say, wait a minute, this is wrong, you're off base here? Uh, even raising that question, Dennis, gets people in trouble, doesn't it? Well, you've answered, you've answered the question. It gets you in trouble. That's exactly right. They ruin your life if you differ with them. The right doesn't ruin your life if you, if you differ with the right. They don't boycott your business. They don't stand in front of it and scream at you and your, and your children, at your homes. The left... The left is terroristic. I mean, that's, that's not an opinion. It's a fact. If you hear that uh, people's homes are being surrounded uh, by people screaming uh, curse words at children, you know it's the left wing that's doing it. Not every <laughs> – not, not every <laughs> – excuse me. Not, not every – excuse me. Not every leftist. I pressed the cough button in my studio when I did that. It's so instinctive. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I'm not, uh, 
that really, I realized how stupid that was after I did it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Pavlov's dog. Cough, press the red button. But I'm not talking to you there. And anyway, obviously, not every leftist act this way, and liberals don't act this way, but the left does. Uh. People are afraid because they ruin your life. You know, guy at Google wrote that maybe the reason we don't have more women here is because women don't gravitate uh, to uh, the the uh, to, to the technical world as much as men do. Guy was fired from Google. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Uh, Dennis, you'll be speaking here in Utah County tomorrow night at a uh, Utah County Lincoln Day dinner. What's your message to the Republicans? What? Where are the? Where is the Republican Party today, and where are Republicans? Do you think? My my message to Republicans, uh, and, and indeed to all Americans, but certainly to Republicans, is that uh, they need to understand that there is a civil war in the United States. If they don't understand it, then the it's over, because that means only one side is waging war, and it's you don't have to be a war expert to understand that if only one side is fighting, that's the side that will win. <laughs> and they uh, are really, most Republicans reject the notion that we are in a civil war in the United States. They don't understand the unbridgeable and existential differences between right and left that exist. And it is my task with the with the strength that God and or luck give me to make that case over and over. The every, here is my rule of life, and I prove it. And that is that every single thing the left has touched since Marx, it has destroyed. There is no exception. I'm not talking about liberals. I explain the liberal left difference when I speak. The left ruins everything it destroys, from late night television to sports, to the universities, to the arts, to uh, male-female relations, you there is no no arena. It does not destroy. Why don't the uh, why don't Republicans see this? Do you think, Dennis? And why are they afraid to uh, stand up and uh, respond, counterattack? Well, that's the, that is a one of the sixty-four thousand dollar questions. I have a theory, and I've long said that it, the metaphor that evil is dark is is absolutely incorrect evil is so bright that people will not stare at it lest they become blinded people do not want to believe that the bad is as bad as it is it's too painful it means you have to fight it means you can get hurt it is much people believe what they want to believe they do not want to believe that the left constitutes the threat to the west that it does is there anyone standing up? Is it fair to say Donald Trump is standing up to this? Or no, Dennis? Yes, amazingly, yes, amazingly. <laughs> I mean, it is, it, it, it is almost an argument—Trump is almost an argument for God's existence. That, that is how miraculous uh, his—the uh, way he has turned out is. Uh, we had a, every reason to believe he wasn't even conservative, let alone he would be the great anti-left fighter since Ronald Reagan. Dennis Prager, well-known talk show host and author. He uh, is in Salt Lake, well, actually in Utah County tomorrow. He is the uh, keynote speaker at the Utah County Lincoln Day Dinner. Coming up, uh, it will be an event for college young Republicans as well at Utah Valley University. They have all kinds of great activities taking place tomorrow. When we come back, I mean, 
it's God's argument that God exists, or the argument that God exists with the arrival of Donald Trump. Boy, I guess he likes uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about what Dennis brought up in the fact that he feels there is a civil war going on in this country. The left is winning the war because those on the right, those who believe in God, those who stand up for the values that this great country was founded on, are not standing up and fighting. I want to talk to you about that. I've got some other stories I want to talk to you about as well here on Think Rod. It's Friday. Telephone number 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, just dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, if you haven't been listening before, we're doing something unique today on the Rod Arquette Show and part of our center stage. We're really trying to raise money and raise awareness of a program I know many of you have heard, and its founder we've had on the show before. I'm talking about Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad. This is the battle against the sex trafficking of children, not only here in the United States, but really around the world. And the great folks, the developers of Sage Creek Moab, Wendy and Annie Aston, have stepped up with the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert, and they're looking for donations today to help Tim Ballard in Operation Underground Railroad. And Wayne and Annie are with us again, and what an effort this is to do so. Annie, why did you decide to get involved? Why did you and Wayne decide, hey, we're going to do something here? Well, I've always been really passionate about the cause, even as a young child, Mm -hmm. you know, as very aware of um, the evil that's out there in this world and wanting to make it a safer place. So, you know, being that we've got five children, you know, ourselves, we're just, we want to make this world a safer place now and for our future generations to come. Yeah, it is a it is a wonderful effort that Tim is doing. Uh, Wayne, tell people, first of all, what Sage Creek Moab is, because this is a really unique development that's underway down in Moab. Yeah, we're really excited about Sage Creek at Moab. It's Moab's premier resort destination. We've got 108 condominiums down there with some amazing amenities. Um, and more than anything, we've, we've created an event space that can uh, be used as an ongoing uh, place for people to get together and, and really enjoy Moab. Okay. What about the involvement? Andy just talked about uh, the decision to get involved with Operation Underground Railroad. What are some of your thoughts on what Tim and that organization is trying to do? Well, like Annie said, you know, we sit and we watch guys like Tim Ballard out there, and it feels like he's fighting a fight on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a man yeah. on his own island here. And, and th- you know, we, we understand that this has got to be a community effort. And if we're not going to stand up and fight with him, who is going to? We cannot wait around for people to, to do something. We need to be, you know, we need to lead with this example and do something about it right now. Yeah. And Annie, we aren't looking for big donations today. I mean, if you want to make a big donation, we'll say, sure. But you're looking for people who are will who want to help out, say, I haven't got a lot of money, but I'm willing to step up. Yeah. Right? Every little bit helps. I, I mean, as little as $5 or as much as you can. Um, you know, there's a myth out there that it takes, you know, millions of dollars to save a child. It's really only $2,500. Wow. So if we can band together as a community and donate what you can, you know, it will make a difference. And this Operation Underground Railroad, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's about the United States and kids coming into the United States. But it's really a worldwide thing, isn't it? It absolutely is a worldwide thing. Um, I think the most shocking thing, though, as Utahns is to know that, Look, we've got over a thousand open cases of trafficking, trafficking of a minor just in Cache County, Utah. Wow! Which is a fairly, you know, a very small uh, community relative to Metro Salt Lake. 
So just imagine, you know, what's going on under our noses that we're just not paying attention to or aware of. If you'd like to uh, join Wayne and Annie in this wonderful effort, it's called the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. You can make a donation right now, and there are two ways to do it. You can dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say donation, or online you can make a donation as well. It's www.4hourkids.com. That's 4hourkids.com. Make a donation right now and help Wayne and Annie with a Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get news update again. Here's Abby. Thanks, Rodden. Avalon. Big influence on my work ethic. It's just how to be a self-starter. Get more at iHeartRadio.com slash women. Thank Rod. It's Friday. It's Friday. Thank Rod. It's Friday. No, we absolutely love Thank Rod. It's Friday. Phone lines are open to you now at 888-5708010. 888-5708010. We can talk about anything that's on your mind. We do this every Friday in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We were just talking with Dennis Prager, well-known um, uh, talk show host, radio talk show host, writes a column, writes book. And I need to correct myself. I made a mistake. I had Dennis Bean at the... Uh, uh, Utah County Republican Party uh, Lincoln Day dinner tomorrow. It is not tomorrow. It is next week. It is the 15th. So not only will he be there giving the uh, keynote speak, but he'll also be meeting with uh, young Republicans at Utah Valley University. But it is next week, March 15th. My fault. It is not tomorrow. It is March 15th down there at uh, UVU with the Utah County Republican Party. And if you want to find out more, of course, my guess is they've got the uh, website going. They've got tickets for sale. Dennis is a great, great thinker. He's wickedly smart, and um, I just love hearing from Dennis. Now, Dennis said some interesting things as well when we just chatted with him. He talked about that there is a civil war going on in America today and um, that the uh, the left is doing everything they can to change America. And just look what, you know, Ocasio-Cortez is talking about and what Omar is talking about and what others in Congress are talking about, a Green New Deal, free college, um, you know, free babysitting, free health care. I mean, they're trying to change America. And I want to I see if you agree with what Dennis said. And I loved what he said about evil. You know, oftentimes when you think about evil, you think it is dark. But Dennis said it is a bright light. And because it is so bright, we are afraid to look at it. We are afraid to even acknowledge it and stand up against it. And that's what we need to do. And I follow that up with, you know, the moral blindness of America hating Americans. It is real out there. I mean, this survey by John and Jim McLaughlin, and they've been doing doing polling for a long, long time, and I think you may have heard of this. It was about several weeks ago, but it found an equal 46% of Americans agreed and disagreed with this jaw-dropping notion that America is the source of most of the world's ills, political, economic, and environmental. And that's what the that's what is being taught in our schools today. That is what these the, the, the people like this are talking about when it comes to evil. I mean, you have to be aware of this. You have to stand up for it. So we got a lot to talk about the tax bill because of your efforts. And I really want to compliment you, Utahns. 
because I know a lot of people got to your Utah lawmakers over the past few days said, wait a minute on this tax bill. This baby ain't going anywhere, and we aren't going to approve it. And the governor and legislative leaders backed way off, said, all right, we'll take a look at it. We'll study it. We'll call a special session sometime this spring or summer. Stay on top of this. Do not let this get out. In, you know, you know, don't put it on the back burner. Stay on top of it. So we can talk about that. There's some other stories. 888-570-8010 on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rob, before the break, let's get in a quick call with Corey from Syracuse. Hi, Corey. How are you? Good. How are you, Rob? Great. Thanks, Corey. What's on your mind? Oh, man, I'm so glad that uh, House Bill 441, the tax uh, bill you just spoke about, um, I'm really glad that uh, that got tabled, and I hope that uh, available zones and the uh, legislative people, if they call a special session, I hope they uh, speak up because I, I find it really frustrating um, that they want to tax all these businesses that are already over-regulated by professional licensing, your plumbers, massage therapists, mm-hmm. security personnel, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Then they want to, then they have... Uh, they already have excessive fines on those businesses that violate the Eighth Amendment, and now they want to tax those businesses on top of it. It's absolutely absurd yeah, from you, an economic perspective. You made such a good point, uh, Corey, and thanks for calling, because you do have the licensing you have to pay for. You do have the fines out there. You do have now maybe another layer of taxes out there, and that's why I'm so proud of people. And I know a lot of lawmakers got a lot of phone calls over the past several days on this, and from business groups as well. And now is our time to step back. If there are problems within the tax system, let's find out what the problems are. Well, first of all, let's find out if we have a problem. If you look at the sales tax revenue, it's been going up every year for a number of years now. But the argument is going to be made, well, you can't depend on that. Well, if we can't, is there another way to address this? All right, more of your calls coming up. It is Thank Rod, it's Friday. I want to talk to you when we come back about this Utah teacher who forced a student to wash off the Ash Wednesday Cross. Quite a story is getting national attention now. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. 888-5708010, 888-5708010. Your calls and comments coming up on Thank Rod is Friday right here on the Rod Arquette Show. Let's talk about something that's going to be fun and exciting next weekend as well. I was talking about Dennis Prager coming to town, but it is also the 2019 International Sportsman's Expo. is coming to the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy on March March. 14th through the 17th. Now, did you know, I didn't know this, that the International Sportsman's Expo is Utah's longest-running outdoor show. And you can see the latest in gear. Want to go to and enjoy the great outdoors and an ATV or side-by-side? They have it there for you as well. They've got boats and so much more. Everything you need if you enjoy fishing, hunting, hiking, mountain climbing, anything we can do, not only in Utah but around the world, it's all there for you, and it's all under one roof. So I want you to write this down. Remember, next weekend, March 14th through March 17th, it is the International Sportsman's Expo coming to the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy. Again, March 14th through the 17th. It is a great event. I'll be there on Saturday. We invite you to come on by. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. The International Sportsman's Expo coming to Sandy, March 14th through the 17th. On your cell and say the keywords real estate. That's pound 250, say real estate, or Google us at Done For You Real Estate USA. Thank Rod, it's Friday. It's Friday. Thank Rod, it's Friday.
All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this Friday. 888-570-8010, the number to call if you'd like to join in on our conversation. I mentioned the story about this teacher up in Bountiful. It was picked up in the New York Post today, but I've seen it in publications around the country about a teacher who's been placed on administrative leave after she forced a Catholic student to wash off the Ash Wednesday cross from his forehead. The little boy is nine-year-old William McLeod. He had just returned to his school near Salt Lake after attending Catholic Mass. And I'm reading this story from the uh, New York Post when his fourth grade teacher called the ash marking inappropriate and gave him a hand to uh, a hand wipe to clean it off the front in front of his classmates. Now, at first, William explained that he couldn't remove it because it was important for the beginning of Easter. But eventually, he obliged. The teacher made up. But, boy, I, I, this is getting a lot of attention. I want to get your reaction to it. 888-570-8010. Let's go to the phones, and let's begin with uh, Jordan in Pleasant Grove. Jordan, how are you, and welcome to the show. Hey, Rod. How are you, Jordan? So, I'm, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. What do you think of this story? I can see the teacher's point of view, but at the same time, I'm kind of wondering what the parent's motivation was to let them have it on, you know, keep it on there. Is it so that something like this may transpire? I don't know. It just makes me wonder because of the whole, everything that the way this nation's going with every little hiccup that somebody does, it's blown so far out of proportion. Well, well, Jordan, let me correct you. I mean, I was raised Catholic, and Ash Wednesday is a very important, okay. a very important event in the Catholic Church. It's the beginning of Lent. It's prior, great. Yeah, prior to uh, prior to Easter Sunday, and of course, the parents are right. going to say, "Keep this on." I mean, I don't know if the teacher didn't okay. know what it meant, but uh, I don't think they were trying to uh, get any type of reaction or anything. They were just doing what they believe in, and the idea of Ash Wednesday is to wear that Ash Cross all day. I like okay. All right, Andy. Thank, all right, all right, Jordan. Thank you. Let's go to Andy. Yeah, you know, we just lost Andy. Let's go to uh, Elizabeth in Cottonwood Heights. Elizabeth, how are you? And welcome to the show. Um, very uh, well, thank you, and I hope you are as well. I am. Thank um, you. I called for I called for a different reason. Okay. I called about um, the bills that are being passed up at the at the Hill, our legislators. Uh huh. And the bill that's the most egregious to me, or one of two is House Bill HB 120, which is the sponsor of the bill, was uh, Dr. Raymond Ward of uh, Bountiful, District 19. Mm -hmm. And his uh, Senate uh, partner in this is Ann Milner, Uh M-I-L-L-N-E-R. And unfortunately, it passed the House. And basically what it is, it's called this uh, school and safety bill. And uh, what it does is it takes um, the administrator of the school, the teacher, the counselor, and if there's a contracted uh, uh, police service, and sometimes there is, sometimes there's not, and I don't know if it's in all public schools or not. But what it does is it uh, projects uh, the students that the uh, this group considers that might be a potential problem later on in the school system, whatever grade they're in, as someone who might be violent, someone who might have a potential to be mentally ill, or a number of different other issues, and it puts it in a database. Yeah, it sounds like Minority well, Report. Up. Yeah, if you've ever seen the movie Minority well, Report, that's what it yes, sounds I've like. Yes, I've seen it. And so I, I looked up Dr. Uh, Raymond Ward's uh, clinics, and he has more than one, as I understand it, and one of them is behavioral clinics. 
and so I see a little bit of a conflict of information there. All right, Elizabeth, thank you. I need to cut you off because I've got a lot of callers here. Uh, but uh, pay attention to Ray Ward's bill. I mean, he's been very passionate about this, and we'll keep our eye on it as well. All right, a lot more calls to get to here on Thank Rod. It's Friday, 888-5708010, On center stage today, we're doing something we've never done before. We're trying to encourage you to help support this wonderful effort called Sage Creek, Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. And what they're trying to do, Wayne and Annie Aston are trying to help raise money for Operation Underground and uh, Underground Railroad. And Wayne and Annie are with us right now. Wayne, what an effort this is. I mean, this is really an issue that people need to be aware of and get involved in, don't they, Wayne? It's a huge undertaking, Rod. Absolutely. Why did you choose Operation Underground Railroad? You know, as we dug into what Tim Ballard is doing with his teams, as well as Child Liberation Foundation, Annie and I just could not think of any cause on planet Earth more urgent than this. You know, yeah. children being trafficked for sex. Uh-huh. Annie, now, this uh, fundraiser that we're doing today, trying to raise awareness, trying to raise some money, uh, you'll take any donation today, right? It, it doesn't matter the size. You just want people to help out. Absolutely, yes. Anything from $5 to as much as you can, every little bit helps. It actually takes $2,500 is all to save a child. Uh So every little bit um, makes a difference. You're a mom. We've talked about this. You have five children. I mean, you hear stories like Tim shares sometimes about what he does in these far-off lands and even here in the United States. It is heartbreaking. It truly is. It truly is. Watching my own children and the luxury of the freedoms that they enjoy and knowing that there's children enslaved today. There's 2 million currently, you know, approximately, you know, enslaved that are in sex trafficking and that's just heartbreaking you know when there there are people who may say well this is in a far-off land i don't have to worry about it i'm going to ignore it it's not impacting me directly but it does and it's about children and that's why it's so important to take a minute and make a donation absolutely that was uh, the myth that i believed in here you know not more than a year ago and until i was awoken to you know what's really happening here in utah Mm -hmm. we've got over a thousand open cases of trafficking of a minor Wow, that's amazing. All right, now, what do you want people to do? You, you just want them to, what, take a minute and donate what they can to help out this effort, right? That would be absolutely appreciated. Uh, we've also uh, partnered up with the Dot Crew, and we're really excited about an event on the 29th, or the 28th of this month, excuse me, the Southtown Expo Center. Uh, to register for that event, go to thepitchday.com, because okay. this is a, a gathering of entrepreneurs, salespeople, business people. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of business opportunity there. We as business owners uh, are, are really excited to be partnered with these guys for the event. And, and what does this event do? It just brings entrepreneurs together? Is that it's, what it does? It's right? a Shark Tank-style okay, pitch event. Okay, so okay. there there will be hundreds of businesses there. They'll be pitching new ideas and new businesses for funding. And funding will be, you know, we'll be selecting a handful of uh, winners, just like you see on the TV Shark Tank. Great event and a great effort underway. It is called the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. They're looking for donations to help out Operation Underground Railroad right now. You can do so in two ways. Dial pound 250 on your smartphone, say donations, or you can go online and do it as well. It's www.4kids, F-O-R, fourhourkids, uh, I should say, fourhourkids.com. That's www.4hourkids.com and the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. Here's Abby with a news update. Thanks, Rod. You don't cruise to that role as being a great, tough singer-songwriter, musician. Get more at iHeartRadio.com/women. Thank Rod. It's Friday. Thank Rod.
All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod is Friday. 888-570-8010 is the number to call. If you'd like to be a part of the program, Chris Stewart, congressman from uh, Utah's 2nd Congressional District, will join us in a minute. But I want to get right back to your phone calls. Let's go to uh, Lehigh and talk with uh, Dylan tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Dylan, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Rod. I'm, I'm stuck in traffic. So oh, I'm sorry. Good, good to be with <laughs> I'm you. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, on a day like this, it's understandable. But, hey, I, I was just calling to chime in on, on the topic that you had of what's going on up at, at Bountiful. Yeah. And, you know, just really quickly, I, I just want to say I feel like as, as, a, as a society, I think there's something that goes around, and it's called selective tolerance. And what I mean by that is a lot of, of people basically want people to tolerate and, and, you know, be cool with, hey, this is my lifestyle, but at the same time, those same people. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If it's something that they disagree with, they're very anti against it, and then they'll act out to suppress it. So I, I, I didn't read into the story very much. Of- you know what did happen up there? I, I very much doubt that this young this young man who who had the the Ash Wednesday sign. You know I, I doubt he was being disrespectful to it or you know disrupting the class or things like that. So I can only imagine that the teacher probably just personally disagreed with it, and that's why they uh, tried to suppress that. So well, I, there's ways inside of you that we can. Yeah, I have a yeah. hard time believing Dylan that the teacher didn't know what Ash Wednesday was, but maybe she didn't. Who knows, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a thought. That's a possibility. All right. Let's get in one more call before the break. Brian is in Harriman tonight. Hi, Brian. How are you? You've got about 45 seconds, Brian. Hey, uh, Rod. Thank you so much for having me on. All I was going to say was I would agree 100% with your former caller. Uh, it's not about selective. It's about PC correctness, and it's about where we've sent our educated uh, people, you know, our educators, to school. They've been indoctrinated in this, and now it's always selective against American culture, American values, what we've done as a country. Everybody else gets tolerance except for Americans. Thank yeah. yeah, good point. All right, Brian, thank you. I'm not sure what this teacher, her intent was. I think she's been played on temporary leave right now. I hope she doesn't lose her job over this. And she may have just felt that it was disruptive to the classroom, but she needs to understand what this child was he's a you know he's catholic obviously he went to ash wednesday and um and received the ash wednesday cross she shouldn't have taken off him to be real honest all right congressman chris stewart will join us next hour number three of the rod arquette show Whose retirement are you? Then we'll see another band of snow begin to move into the wasatch front by late tomorrow evening i'm lindsey stores for two news Kenworth News, sponsored by Justin Newdy Real Estate. I'm Abby Bonnell, it's 6.03. UDOT crews now working to clear a 30-foot-wide avalanche covering westbound lanes near Bridal Vale Falls in Provo Canyon. Both directions have been closed to traffic. It could take several hours to clear American Fork Canyon, also closed due to avalanche conditions. 
No injuries have been reported. Utah troopers say they've already responded to nearly 150 crashes and slide-offs today in Utah. You can expect snow on the valley floor and heavy snow at higher elevations. A hate crimes bill now passing a House committee today. After facing some lively debate, it passed by an 8-2 vote and now moves to the House. The measure increases penalties for hate crimes targeting people based on their race, religion and other categories. And a bill that gives the Inland Port Authority permission to expand outside of Salt Lake County, also passing the House today by a 61-11 vote. The bill's sponsor, House Majority Leader Representative Francis Gibson, says the bill is aimed at helping the entire state, creating a hub-and-spoke model in other areas of the state. That bill now moves to the Senate. Kinneris News, you'll find it at the top and bottom of the hour, anytime at kinneris.com. All right, welcome back. Hour number three of the uh, Rod Arkentia with you on this Thank Rod. It's Friday, a busy hour coming your way. Here in just a moment, we'll have a uh, conversation with Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. We'll talk with Mark Meckler, of course, about the uh, Convention of the States and, of course, our Listen Back Friday segments coming your way as well before we wrap up the show on this Friday and head into the weekend. And not only is it Thank Rod, it's Friday, it is also Free Movie Friday. And, by the way, the Free Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is coming to the close at the end of this month. So be sure to tune in every Friday during the month of March for a chance to win before it all comes to a close. The Adams Ticket apps let you browse your movie titles. You can even buy your tickets, invite friends, and skip all the lines thanks to Adam Tickets. And right now, we want to give you a chance, along with Adam Tickets, at a chance for some uh, free movie tickets. Text the word DEAL, D-E-A-L, to ADAM1. That's 28661 right now for your chance to win. Again, text the word DEAL for you to win free movie tickets from Adam Tickets. The word, text the word DEAL to 28661. Standard data and text message rates may apply. All right. A lot going on in the uh, U.S. House yesterday. Of course, there was the uh, anti-hate resolution, which, in my opinion, turned out to be absolutely ridiculous and really doesn't mean anything. But I wanted to get to Utah 2nd District Congressman Chris Stewart on the line to talk about that and talk about the appearance again of former Trump attorney, the fixer, so to speak, Michael Cohen, who appeared before the House Intelligence Committee yesterday. That's the committee in which Congressman Stewart sits on. And Chris is on our newsmaker line right now. Chris, before we get into the uh, anti-hate resolution, word is today that the committee chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, and attorneys for that committee met several hours before the committee hearing yesterday with Michael Cohen. How appropriate is that in your opinion, Chris? Well, this is something I have to be careful talking about because some of the details have been discussed because of Mr. Cohen and his own attorneys, but it was more than just discussions. It was significantly more than that. And if we had been involved with it, if it had been a chance for us to have a chance to talk with the, with the witnesses, I might feel differently. But, you know, some people justify this saying, well, it, it's, it's normal. No, it's not. It's not at all normal. We're, we're not a prosecutor or a defense team and you kind of prep your own witnesses. We're supposed to be an unbiased fact-finding organization, an unbiased fact-finding enterprise. And, uh, and if they don't involve us in, that, in, in those conversations, then we can't, we can't participate or help or prepare for the hearings, and it clearly biases the outcome. 
Chris, I know you can't say much about uh, these intelligent committee hearings on this, but I mean, can you give us an overall assessment? Was there anything new or anything substantial coming out of this, do you think? No, not at all. And and people can't be surprised by that. Look, uh, Rod, as you know, we had 15 or 16 months of the House intel investigation. You had 22 months of the Senate intel investigation. You've got the Mueller report, which everyone's been saying for months is not going to indicate any collusion, conspiracy, or obstruction. You had hundreds of reporters who have been running around for two years desperately looking for information. Does anyone really believe that this one individual is going to come in and in the third or fourth day of his testimony drop some kind of bombshell? Because that seems extraordinarily unlucky or, or unlikely. And, and that's exactly what happened. There was nothing meaningfully new. There was a few details that got filled in here and there. Uh, for example, as his attorneys have admitted, met many times with some of the you know, Democratic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lawyers. And, you know, so there's some things like that that, that come be revealed. And, and the second thing I'd say, Rod, is if you are convicted of lying to Congress and then you volunteer to come back to testify before Congress, probably a good idea to tell the truth in that second <laughs> one and to make sure you and your attorneys are saying the same thing, because in some cases they clearly weren't. So, uh, I mean, I, I really don't understand how Lanny Davis and his attorneys agreed for him to come back, knowing that he was going to jeopardize himself once again. Yeah, it, it, it sure did sound like it, Chris. Chris, I want to move on to uh, some of the things in the House yesterday. The anti-hate resolution, Chris. A lot of people are being very critical of it for uh, Ilhan Omar's comments on, uh, on uh, Israel. She's at it again today, by the way. I don't know if you've heard this, but she's now attacking Barack Obama calling him a pretty face and caging kids and uh, droning other countries around the world. I mean, is anything going to stop this, <laughs> this this congresswoman, Chris? Well, you know, we missed an opportunity to maybe have some influence on her with this resolution, because if we had been firm and if Nancy Pelosi had been concise in this and moved on this quickly, it might have changed her thinking on some of this. But what happened is instead... Her allies rallied around her. She feels like she's got a lot of support from some of the extreme uh, left and, 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 and in many cases from the socialists among, among the Democratic Party. And she feels reinforced by this rather than feeling condemned. And, and this is very, very simple. Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is not brain surgery at all. She has clearly demonstrated anti-Semitic attitudes. She didn't do it once or twice. She does it again and again and again. I think she's deeply anti-Semitic, and, and that's clear from not just the last, time, uh, last few months when she's been in Congress. It's clear from her behavior before that, and it should be simple for the Democratic Party to reject that, and yet they seemed extraordinarily reluctant to do that. There was a huge class of new Democratic Congress uh, lawmaker, new congressional lawmakers coming in, Chris, and a lot of people thought, you know, these people want to bring the two sides together. Uh, some came from the military, like you have as well, who understand the importance of working together as a team, yet that new class is being dominated by people like Omar and Ocasio-Cortez. Why aren't members of that new class speaking out against him, Chris? Well, some of them have, but they had their heads beat in. Oh, wow. I, mean, I mean, they just have. They've had their heads beat in politically. And today we had a vote that was a really, really good example of that. And that was in this one of the most absurd series of votes that we've had since I've been to Congress. And I really mean that. I'm very sincere. One of the worst bills we've ever looked at since I've been to Congress was this vote today that would have upended election law throughout the country and clearly given demonstrable benefit to the Democratic Party. And we, we asked for one amendment. 
And that was simply that it was the will of Congress, it was the feel of Congress, that if you are here illegally, you should not be voting in federal elections. How is that controversial? I mean, seriously, Rod, how is that controversial? If you're here in the country illegally, you should not be voting in federal elections, and yet that was turned aside, including by many of our moderates, including one of them, when I say moderate, I mean moderate Democrats, including one of them from Utah, he, he did not vote for that. And I think that's an example of many of those moderates just feel like they, you know, they, uh, they've been so, so politically beat up over the last few weeks for not voting on a very liberal and party line vote that it's getting harder for them, not easier. Well, makes it difficult. Final question for you, Chris. Article today in USA Today about the uh, Green New Deal, and I know you've talked about that as well. But even for some Democrats, they're saying, boy, this, <laughs> this is... Uh, you know, this is going way too far, Chris. I mean, is this just an example of this new class of Democrats who are just pushing the envelope as far as they can? Oh, they didn't push the envelope, Rob. They exploded the envelope. I mean, you have to believe in unicorns to take <laughs> this thing seriously at all. I, I mean, seri- it's, it's remarkable what serious people are proposing here. You completely, you get rid of every car, you rebuild every home, you get rid of every airplane, you guarantee income to everyone, who, regardless of whether they want to work or not. You guarantee family leave, you guarantee paid vacations, you take away health care. It's illegal to have any private insurance, and it, it condemns our children to a future of poverty. And yet very serious people are saying, yeah, that's absolutely what we want to do. And they're offended at me. This is the irony of this. They're offended at me because I talk about it or because I say, hey, you know what? We don't want to be a socialist, uh, a socialist country. And they say, oh, you know, you're, you're despairing us. You're being cruel. Well, it's just the truth. This is nothing but absolute socialism. And it's not just an incremental step. It's a leap forward in becoming a socialist country. And yet they get angry at me for pointing that out. On our Newsmaker line, Utah 2nd District Congressman Chris Stewart. All right, a lot to get to still on the Rod Arquette Show right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. On center stage today, we've been talking with Wayne and Annie Aston with Sage Creek. We've been talking about a fundraiser they're underway with, but they're also doing a lot of good things. Sage Creek Drive, Sage Creek, I should say, Drive in the Desert. Wayne, for people who are just joining us, exactly what is that, Wayne? So it's a major fundraiser that we launched in December uh, to support Operation Underground Railroad. The cool thing about uh, what's going on at the moment is we've partnered up with the DOT crew. And we've got a really exciting event coming up this month on the 27th. And I brought Brock Felt along with me to talk about the event. All right, Brock, what, what is the event? When they talk about what is, first of all, DOT Crew, what do you do, and what is the event all about? So uh, DOT is a company that connects the dots for entrepreneurs. So we help them get funding. We help them with marketing and sales. And we actually started doing an event every other month here in, in Utah similar to Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. So we have, in, we have 13 investment groups that are coming. We have 115 entrepreneurs or companies that have applied to come pitch. So anyone can come and pitch or just come attend. And, and that's what we do. We connect the dots for entrepreneurs. So most of them that are coming are looking to, uh, to pitch investors to get funding for their companies. And, um, and we've paired up with Sage Creek to, um, to not only give back to the entrepreneurs, because a lot of people that are coming to the event have been successful entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and have really good funding, so they're looking for investments. But we're also looking to give back um, through charities, through other, other endeavors. So we've partnered up to, uh, to, to create an opportunity to give back. Wayne, why did you get involved in OUR? I know we've talked about it a little bit, but why did you decide to get involved with this? 
well, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just a dad. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got five kids and um, some close friends of mine who are intimately involved in Operation Underground Railroad have been talking about this with me and uh, extended this, you know, this kind of call to action and uh, invited me to get involved. And um, I just felt absolutely compelled as an obligation, as a father, uh, to, to stand up and do something about this issue. Um, Operation Underground Railroad, you know, as an organization uh, out there, you know, rescuing kids mm -hmm, from this mm -hmm. child sex trafficking e epidemic that we keep hearing about on the news. Yeah. So, and, and it's awful. It, it's an awful thing, and it's great, Wayne, that you're joining in this effort with Tim Ballard. Tim's a good friend of the show. We've had Tim on, and boy, what a challenge they face. And if you'd like to donate right now, all you do is have to hit pound 250 on your cell phone, say donations, and it'll get you in. Again, pound 250, donations. Here's Abby again with a news update. Thanks for all to you, Doc. Striving to make real change in the daily lives of people. Visit our website, intermountain.health, to learn more about our initiative. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On this Thank Rod is Friday with Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Our Listen Back Friday segment's coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk with Phil Wright from Keep My Voice. And also we'll talk with uh, Jeff Lord from the American Spectator coming up at the bottom of the hour. All right. The uh, Utah legislators have approved a measure now to join other states in calling for a convention to amend the U.S. Constitution, otherwise known as the Convention of the States. There has been a lot of debate within the um, conservative movement about whether or not we should even do this. People like Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, I think even Glenn Beck have voiced their approval of this idea. But there are some conservatives who are concerned and who have basically said that the Constitution does, doesn't need any changing. Well, joining us on our newsmaker line to talk about that is Mark Meckler. Mark is president of Citizens for Self-Governance, a supporter of the Convention of the States. Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. Why is a, a Convention of the States so important, Mark? Well, speaking generally, the federal government's out of control. I think everybody knows that. We look at it, and really it doesn't matter which party is in control in regard to the federal government being out of control. The federal government has, has grown in every administration except for one since George Washington. Today we're $22 trillion in debt. That doesn't count $140 trillion of off-book liability. So it's going to be up to the states to restrain that. And Utah joining moves us one state closer to that threshold of 34. Mark, I talked with uh, someone who was opposed to this the other day, and he indicated if, you know, the Constitution as it is right now is more than enough to bring the uh, federal government back into control. Do you agree or disagree with that, Mark? Well, I think that statement comes from ignorance because that person doesn't know what the Constitution actually is today. He's probably referring to a pocket Constitution that he might carry around. I have one myself. You might have one. But today, if you order the Constitution from the government printing office, you can do that. It's about 130 bucks. I think they're on sale right now. 
it's over 2,800 pages with supplements. It's over 3,000 pages. It contains every case ever issued by the Supreme Court telling us simple people what the Constitution means. So what they've done is they've changed the meaning of the Constitution so dramatically through all these thousands of pages, it no longer resembles the original. And all we're trying to do is use the Constitution to restore the Constitution. Mark, what is driving this? Is it just frustration on the part of voters that think Washington just isn't paying attention to them? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a couple of numbers that I think are important. Over consistent polling over about the last three decades, 80 to 85 percent of voters say we should have term limits on Congress. Yet Congress will never propose that. They don't want to limit their own terms. So that's one major issue. Another is about the same number, 80 to 85 percent of Americans say we should impose some kind of balanced budget amendment on the federal government, forcing them to live within their means. Again, Congress will never do this to themselves. So there's some very fundamental things that the American public believes about how the federal government should run. Yet the federal government, no matter who we elect, will never do those things. How unprecedented would it be, Mark, if such a convention were held? I mean, this never been done in the, in the country's history, has it? No, it's never been done, so it would be entirely unprecedented. It's extraordinary. I think it would be the biggest political event in all of American history. I don't mean that to, to use rhetorical flourish. Imagine the entire country gathered watching. I think grammar schools through high schools all the way through college classes would be watching this together. I think every pundit would be commenting on it. It's sort of like the Super Bowl and the World Series and the World Cup all wrapped together. What is it going to take to hold an event like this, Mark? Well, I think we're well on our way. So we just hit our 14th state there with Utah. I'm really excited to pass in Utah this week. Uh, I think we're very close right now in West Virginia and Mississippi. Uh, I would add two more states to the mix, so that's pretty thrilling, too. And I think we're going to get it done in the next couple of years. I think we'll probably end up meeting somewhere in the middle of the country. I think it's going to be a, probably a 90- to 120-day event. We'll get some amendments passed out of that thing. They'll go to the states. and Ultimately, 38 states have to ratify anything that comes out of convention. How big of a hill have you got to climb, do you think? I mean, that's a, that's a huge challenge, Mark. You've got to admit that. I think it's a huge challenge, and, and I'm glad it is. The founders set it up that way. They didn't intend for this to be done lightly. They wanted it to be an extraordinary effort, an expression of political will. Uh, today we're well past the one-third of the way mark. We're moving to the halfway mark. I actually think the hardest work is behind us, which is just starting the general education process, getting people involved. Today in the state of Utah, over 14,000 people are involved in the movement. Nationally, now we're over 3.8 million. So I think the hardest part, building the infrastructure, is done. Now it's just pushing through to the finish line. If you get to the point where the convention is held, Mark, how do you hold the agenda to what you're trying to address? And what about the issue of one state, one vote? Can you hold to that as well? Yeah, I think both of those have real simple answers. Every state is passing the same resolution that says what the agenda is. So. No state is sending delegates to do anything other than what they pass the resolution saying they can do. And when the delegates go, remember, they will be appointed by the state legislatures according to that resolution. So the idea, the legislature is going to appoint people that won't do what they want, that's absurd in the first place. Second, they control those delegates or commissioners while they're at convention. They can withdraw them at any time. They have no authority to do anything that they weren't authorized to do in the first place. So that's how you control the agenda at convention. Mark, I've always heard the argument as well, and I'd like your response to this. I mean, there is a way of doing this by just voting the, the, the bums in Washington out who we don't like. But in, in, in moving forward this with this effort, 
um, are you saying, and people who support this saying, we can't do that. It's just not realistic to get rid of these guys anymore. We're going to have to do it through constitutional amendments. Well, look, I think we can get rid of these guys, and I think we should continue to do that. I think we always have a baseline civic obligation to put the best people we possibly can in Washington, D.C. A convention of the states is an acknowledgment that the problem is bigger than personnel. The problem is structural. And based on primarily what the Supreme Court has done over the last 115 years, we've broken the structure of our government. Some of that is stuff that we've done, some stuff Congress has done, but primarily the courts have broken the structure of government. So if you put good people into a bad system, you're still going to get broken results, and that's where we're at today. All right, Mark. A final question for you, Mark. Why does there appear to be a, a divide within the conservative movement over this? What, what, what do you think is happening here? Well, I can tell you what it is. There is a minimal divide. I would argue that somewhere between, we, and we've polled this nationally, by the way, 75% of Republicans nationally support this. That's more from state to state, some states over 80, 85%. So it's a very small edge of, of conservatives and Republicans that are against this. And the sad part is they've become, they've been propagandized by the radical left. This idea, this thing you brought up about a runaway convention, that was invented by the radical left. It came from Chief Justice Warren Berger. He is the chief justice that oversaw Roe versus Wade. It was furthered by leftist law professors at Yale and Harvard. And today, literally, and this is really important, Rod, for anybody out there who's against this, look this up. You can look it up on our website. 230 of the most radical progressive groups in America issued a press release saying that this was a horrible thing. They don't believe in the runaway. They don't believe they're going to control it. What they say is they believe... We're going to reverse 115 years of radical progressivism. So groups like MoveOn.org, Common Cause, Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, La Raza, Planned Parenthood, all of them are aligned against this. And sadly, they're aligned with a couple of groups on the right today, and those groups should be embarrassed for themselves. On our newsmaker line, Mark Meckler. He is with the uh, Citizens for Self-Government, talking about the Utah legislature approving a resolution to join other states in calling for a convention of the states. All right, when we come back, our Listen Back Friday segments right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Let me take a minute right now and talk to you about your retirement and your retirement planning. You could be just around the corner for you, or it could be several years away. But wherever you are in your stage of life, financial planning is very important. And you want to work with somebody who you trust, who is not trying to sell you a product or to sell you a book. And I'm talking about the folks at Trajan Wealth because they know that you've worked hard for your money, you've worked hard for your investments, and you do not want to put them at risk. And that's why you can trust Jeff Jr. and his great team at Trajan Wealth. And I invite you to give them a call. I'll give you the number here in just a minute. And meet with them face-to-face in their local office to find out what Trajan Wealth can do for you. They're going to answer your questions in a clear and concise manner. Once your questions are answered, you'll be able to feel educated. You'll feel empowered. Then all you do is have to sit back and watch your investments go. So go to Jeff Jr. and his team about your goals. See how Jeff and Trajan Wealth can help you get the retirement that you deserve. Get on the phone right now and call Trajan Wealth at 801-899-7600. 801-899-7600 or online at TrajanWealth.com. Advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Columbus Travel. 800-373-3328 or online at columbusvacations.com. Thanks, Columbus. One man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. The Rod Arquette Show with you on this Thank Rod. It's Friday. Don't forget... 
This is the weekend that we spring forward. So when you go to bed on Saturday night, walk throughout the house, throughout your apartment, throughout your condo, whatever you live in, and look at all the clocks and make sure you move them up one hour. Now, I know we lose an hour of sleep, but the longer days are coming. And this whole debate over daylight savings times always cracks me up to begin with. But that happens this weekend. So don't forget on Saturday night, as you uh, head to bed, make sure you uh, change those clocks for Sunday morning. All right, time for our Listen Back Friday segments. We do this every Friday at this time. We look at some of the uh, interesting newsmakers that we've spoken with or topics that we've explored during the past week and select some that we feel very important that you may have missed. Now, we learned on Monday that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the appeal from the Utah Republican Party on the controversial candidate nomination law here in the state of Utah, otherwise known as SB 54. SB 54 created a dual path for candidates to get on a primary ballot. They could go through the traditional caucus convention system, in which I am a very big supporter of, or you could gather signatures to get your name on the ballot. And the uh, Utah GOP had uh, launched a legal battle against SB 54. Well, we learned on uh, Monday, of course, that the Supreme Court was not going to take up the issue. We spoke on Monday with Phil Wright. Phil is with Keep My Voice, one of the real soldiers in this fight against SB 54 about this. And as I talked to Phil earlier this week, I asked him, first of all, if he felt the fight was worth it. Well, I will always say that freedom is always worth fighting mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. And I want to remind people, the U.S. Supreme Court did not rule on this case. They chose not to hear the case. So there's a big difference between them choosing not to hear the case and ruling in favor of SB 54. They did not. Um, they, hear about, they get about 7,500 requests every year, and they can only choose about 200. So it's a numbers game, and I think we lost in the numbers game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you somewhat expecting it? I mean, you knew it was a shot in the dark maybe with the number of cases that they're requested to hear all the time. Phil, what do you think? Well, obviously we were optimistic, and Mm -hmm. and if I have a choice between uh, good and bad, I'm going to choose good. (laughs) I'm going to be optimistic. I I will say I'm not surprised because either way, we knew it was a long shot. Mm -hmm, We knew mm -hmm. it was going to be hard to be heard. Um, It's disappointing that they chose not to hear the case. Um, but it's not the end. You know, people have said to me so many times over the years, why do you keep fighting? And it's just because if you believe in something, if you're passionate about it, especially if it's a constitutional thing, I'm going to fight as long as there's breath in my lungs because that's how I was raised. And I think most people who understand the issue of SB 54, they understand this goes far beyond the Utah Republican Party. I had the opportunity working with Keep My Voice. We contacted every major political party in all 50 states. Um, I met with the chair of the National Green Party Mm -hmm, back east, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they understood that this constitutional issue, because of the precedence that was set in the Tenth Circuit, impacts all political parties. It impacts all private businesses. I had the opportunity to fly to Houston, and I met with the director of the U.S. Pastor Council. Now, this is a religious organization. They filed an amicus brief in support of hearing this because they understand that because the Tenth Circuit Court upheld SB 54, what they in fact said is that it's okay for a government to dictate the terms under which a private organization chooses its leadership. So that has a huge impact yeah. on churches. Yeah, sure does. So that's why the U.S. Pastor Council got involved. We had over eight amicus briefs from 
organizations all over the country who understand the negative impact the ruling of the Tenth Circuit has had. Mm-hmm. Take us back five years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that. Okay. When this started bubbling up, Phil, um, what were your thoughts? What, did, what were you starting to hear from people on this? Well, I'm a California transplant. I'm from California. So I was raised in a political atmosphere being a Republican where my vote, vote didn't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never met my state legislators, never met the governor, lieutenant governor, never met any of those people because I never had the opportunity to be involved in the process because the process in California is all about money mm-hmm. and name recognition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then in 97, when I moved to Utah and discovered this incredible thing we have, the caucus system, I got involved and I was blown away by the idea that my vote truly counts in Utah because of our caucus system. I was elected as a county delegate, then a state delegate, and had the opportunity to actually meet with the people who wanted to represent my party, the Republican Party, and vet them. So... I've always valued that in the state of Utah. So back in 2013, when the Count My Vote initiative first came on the scene, everybody knows, if they're honest, they know why Count My Vote came about. It had to do with this senator named Mike Lee, who ultimately (laughs) took the seat of of Bob Bennett. Yeah, and I've asked people that question so many times, and they deny it, and they deny it, and they deny it. But you can, it's it's as plain as thrown on your face. That's when former Governor Levitt got involved (laughs) and created the Count My Vote initiative, because they were terrified that those who actually support our conservative uh, platform are going to continue to get elected, people like Mike Lee. Now, remember... Mike Lee did not win at convention. He yeah, came he in number two. Yeah, yeah. But I've always believed. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't have a problem with a primary as long as the parties are able to vet their candidates. If they can't choose by at least a 60% margin on which candidate they want, then they send their top two to, to the primary. And that's what we did with Mike Lee. He came in too, but he won in the primary. So we've never been against, those of us who support the caucus, we're not against primaries. As a matter of fact, primaries happen more often than they don't. Yeah. We just want to make sure that Republicans have the ability to vet their candidates and figure out those who we believe will best articulate our message as contained in our platform. Uh, Phil, were you surprised that this caused a split within the Republican Party the way this fight has, or do you think there is a split? Um, I reject the idea that there's a split in the party. People who understand our caucus system, who understand what it does for freedom, are 100% behind it. You know, the Count My Vote people, they were always releasing these polls saying things like 70% of Utahns support the the, uh, uh, Count My Vote and to end the caucus system. Here's my question. If that's the case, and we have over 700,000 Republicans in the state of Utah, how come Count My Vote didn't have at least... uh, four or five hundred thousand of them signed their initiative. Mm -hmm. Not only did that not happen, but when Keep My Voice started going door to door, 
Our figures show that over 60% of the people that we were able to talk to, people who signed the Count My Vote initiative said, oh my goodness, that is not what I wanted, and they removed their signature. So where are those 70% of Utahns who want to do away with the caucus system? They do not exist. That was nothing more than purchased propaganda from Count My Vote. Final question. Where The future of the caucus convention system. As you know, I am a strong believer in it. I've had the chance to be both a state and county delegate. You and I have run into each other on yes. many occasions on this. Where where do we go from here? I, I, I'm confident it stays and it stands, and it's still an important part of Utah's political system. Do you agree? Absolutely. And, and I just remind people, um, people look at this as a huge loss for the Utah Republican Party. And I've thought a lot about this. And you know, more of uh, the greatest victories in, the, in this country have been won. Uh, very rarely are they won with one battle. Washington had 17 battles during the Revolutionary War. He only won six of them. But those he won were the ones that counted. So I tell people, don't give up. This is not the end of the war. It's a skirmish that didn't turn out the way we wanted. But we need to continue to fight for freedom and for the voice of the individual And that's what the caucus system does. As part of our Listen Back Friday segment, our conversation earlier this week with Phil Wright from the Keep My Voice group about the uh, Supreme Court declining to hear Utah's appeal of SB 54. On center stage today, we've been talking with a great couple who are really involved in a wonderful effort here in the state of Utah. I'm talking about Wayne and Annie Aston, and they're involved, of course, in the Sage Creek Drive in the desert. We'll find out more about that in just a minute. But, Wayne, let me ask you, first of all, what is Sage Creek and Sage Creek development? What is it all about? What do you do? So the Sage Creek at Moab uh, development is a luxury condominium project in Moab, Utah. Uh, Moab's a booming tourism destination. And the state of Utah has put a lot of effort into, you know, promoting national parks and, and tourism in the state of Utah. And Moab really is the epicenter for that. Andy, what is the attraction in Moab? It is such a beautiful place here in the state of Utah. It's just wonderful, isn't it, Annie? Oh, it's so absolutely fun and, and just beautiful. There's so much to do. Um, hiking, biking, you know, we just always have such a great time when we're there. I, I, I like going north of the city before you come over the bridge and just take an easy stroll. Oh, yeah. A, a nice ride down the river, and it's really a lot of fun. All right, Wayne, let me ask you, you're also involved in the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. What is that all about? So the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert is a, a massive fundraiser that we that Annie and I have organized, and we just decided this would be a, a creative way to kind of use the project that we're building in Moab uh, for a, a big purpose. That's to support Operation Underground Railroad and raise some money for this foundation. You're a mom, Annie. I mean, you think about how these kids are being used. It's just, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. You know, as a mother of five children, you know, knowing my kids are going to bed every night, they're safe, um, happy, taken care of, and knowing that there's children out there right now that are not, they're not able to dream for the future, they're not able to plan for the summer, you know, or, you know, get ready for Christmas. I yeah. mean, there's so many opportunities these kids are not able to do. You know, we just really want to step in and, and make a difference and right. give them some hope. Yeah, you people are nice people, but you're nice people, but you're here to help raise money. You want people to donate, don't you? Don't you, Wayne? You, Absolutely. They need money to operate. Absolutely. Yeah, these, these covert operations uh, that are being carried out by Operation Underground Railroad cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, there's a lot happening in the United States. But they're also carrying operations out, you know, in countries abroad. 
And it's up to us as a community to continually finance this because this is not a government-funded project. It is so easy to do, and we've made it even easier for you today. All you do is have to dial pound 250 in your cell phone, pound 250 in your cell phone, and make a donation. Pound 250 and say donations. Help the people out at Sage Creek and the Sage Creek Drive in the Desert. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod is Friday. First, let's get a news update with Abby. Thanks, Rod. You don't cruise. For consumers only, offered by Capital One and a member FDIC, cafes available in select locations. Copyright 2018 Capital One. Final segment of the uh, Rod Arquette with you on this Friday. Thank Rod, it's Friday. Listen back Friday, as a matter of fact. On Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Don't forget, Dave Ramsey is coming your way at the top of the hour following our news update. You know, another big story this week was the announcement by the Democratic Party that they were not inviting Fox News to host any of the upcoming Democratic primary presidential debates. Uh, Caught a lot of people off guard. The DNC and uh, Tom Perez, who is the head of the DNC right now, said a recent article showing how Fox News and the White House work together is one reason why they decided to not allow Fox News to bid for one of these primary debates, which I think is very, very sad. Well, we spoke earlier this week with Jeff Lord about that. Jeff, of course, a contributor to uh, CNN at one time. He no longer is, but also an author and a columnist with the uh, American Spectator. And I asked Jeff, first of all, why Democrats are so afraid of Fox News. Well, you know, I noticed that Chris Wallace has come out today and said that they have Fox derangement syndrome, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is I think is about right. And you know, we're talking the Fox News team here. You know, not not Sean Hannity, not my friend Sean Hannity, and 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 others. We're talking the people like uh, Chris Wallace and Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, straight news people uh, who are fabulous at their job. Um, the problem is, and, and I, I wrote a column uh, that appeared yesterday at the American Spectator, uh, is, is what I call the liberal state media. And that, that means all the liberals that you see in, in, or that run the networks, the CNN, ABC, you know, MSNBC, um, the print outlets, the Washington Post, the New York Times, etc., not to mention all the blogs out there. And they have a worldview that they see Fox News as challenging. And it's been, uh, you know, years, years ago, they, the head of uh, this left-wing group called Media Matters wrote a book called The Fox Effect and, and said in the subtitle that they were a propaganda machine. Well, so suddenly now <laughs> you get somebody else who more or less repeats this argument in The New Yorker. And so now the, the Democratic National Committee uh, quickly bows and and says no, they won't. They won't do debates. Um, I, I think, first of all, that's a serious mistake for the, for Democrats, because there could well be people in the Fox audience, which is pretty big, that could be convinced, and and they will need these people in the election. Let's just remember that President Trump crossed party lines to get to the White House. Uh, you know, he's got a yeah, lot yeah. of Democrats who voted for him. Union. Uh, workers and and all the rest uh, carrying Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, that sort of thing. So I think they've made a, a serious mistake here. But there is a real felt need to uh, bend to the base, as they say, and I think that's what's going on. Well, and and, and Fox News uh, doubles the audience of CNN and MSNBC. 
Um, aren't the Democrats afraid in some way that uh, the people who they're trying to need, he, reach will never hear their message, these candidates who want to be president of the United States, by alienating Fox? Aren't they, aren't they, isn't there a real risk here, Jeff? Yes, there is. And, you know, unless they wind up with a nominee like, say, Joe Biden or mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. says she's not going to do this, they're going to be drawing their nominee from a pool of people who are essentially not well-known around the rest of the country. And therefore, they're, in essence, cutting off their nose to spite their face here. Uh, if, if, in fact, their nominee turns out to be somebody who's, you know, a so-called unknown, uh, they could be doing them serious damage by not getting them in front of this audience. Why aren't the candidates speaking out? I mean, are the candidates that much afraid? Why aren't the candidates on the Democratic side way? Wait a minute, party. We want to face these tough questions because we want to explain to the American people what we're trying to do here. You know, that, that's a great question, Ron, and I, I really do think the answer is they're terrified of their own base. Uh, I mean, you see this with this, it's sort of a slightly different argument, but this whole anti-Semitism resolution and all this and going back and forth is that they are being extremely careful not to upset all these people who are on the very far left and have produced the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of the world. Uh, so when... When something like Fox News comes up, particularly since it comes on the heels of this New Yorker article, which is just unbelievable, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable uh, in its one-sidedness and misstatement of facts and all that kind of thing, but they're going to hop to and do everything they can to please those people. They're afraid of them. Jeff, what is it? Why can't, uh, I mean, there are smart people on the Democratic side, even though, you know, some may question that at times. But why do they have so much trouble, and I think those on the left have a difficult time, in separating the people on Fox? I mean, you have real journalists like Chris Wallace, uh, Brett Baer, Martha McCallum. These are journalists. And then you have the opinion journalists like Sean and Laura and those others. Why, why don't they understand the difference between the two? They don't want to understand the difference between the two, uh, number one. And, and, of course, they... I mean, I appeared for quite a while on CNN, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and there was the same division over there. I mean, Don Lemon is an opinion host. I mean, he's to the left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is he is different than uh, you know some of the, the television people that you see during the day on CNN. Um, but they they just they they don't want to go there. I mean, to them, Fox News. And I think it's just very interesting psychologically, because I really do think, you know, as I said in my column, Spiro Agnew, who was vice president for Nixon, was talking about this kind of problem all the way back in 1969 when I was <clears throat> in college <laughs> in my freshman year. And uh, uh, he talked about a little, in that case, there were only three networks, and he talked about, you know, a handful of men, and they were mostly men in the day, who live in New York or Washington, they all think the same, etc. That problem it's gotten worse. I mean, now it's people of both genders, all races, but they all have that liberal herd mentality, and they go in one direction. And so if you stand out and you do things differently, if you are coming from a conservative side, which Fox does in other instances, they go ballistic. They just cannot handle it. Yeah. What do you think the president is going to do here? He's tweeted out about this. I mean, what could the president do on this, do you, do you think, Jeff? I, I just, I mean, that was about my second thought was, oh, man, is the president going to have fun with this? Oh. <laughs> it didn't take long. <laughs> what do you think he should do, or what is he going to do, do you think? 
Well, I think he will drive home his message of fake news uh, by simply saying, okay, so they won't debate on Fox, I won't debate on CNN. Uh, I won't debate on MSNBC or whoever else might be uh, carrying a fall debate between the president and, and the Democratic nominee. And uh, then there will be all sorts of uh, oh, yeah. roilings around over this. And what will happen is people will get the president's point yet again. Um, you know, I'll give, I'll give you a, a, a quick anecdote here. I gave a speech the other week, and I'm, it was right after the, the Nick Sandman, the, the young man from Covington High uh-huh. School, and yeah, his lawyer yeah, announced yeah. they were suing the Washington Post for $250 million because of the slander saying that he had done all sorts of things when clearly he had not, as later videos uh, proved. The audience erupted into applause, and I do mean erupted, and came up to me afterwards. And what that says to me is that you've got regular average Americans out there who are so sick and tired of the liberal news media proselytizing and going after Trump and all this. They have just had it. And I think that they're, you know, they're not aware of their own problems here, and they make them worse. Jeff Lord from the American Spectator as part of our Listen Back Friday segments right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know Dave Ramsey is coming your way next. Don't forget this weekend, Saturday night, set those clocks forward and get ready for those longer days. I absolutely love it. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family. Have a terrific weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new edition of the Radar Catch-Up. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.